With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Come on, man. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 67 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. As always, I'm your host. Uh, excited to be back with another episode this week. I think we got a good one. Um, so we'll start the show the same way we do every week. That's with the breakdown. Breakdown, if this, this is the first time you're listening to this show, breakdown's a little aggregate of news. Start locally, move out nationally, and then internationally, of course. So... Uh, first thing we'll talk about in the break, really the only thing we've got to talk about in the breakdown today is the 2023 Rugby World Cup draws. Uh, it was a very quiet week of rugby around these parts. Um, there's been lots of MLR players on the, move, on the move, but no former Raptors have signed anywhere else since Luke White signed with the Giltinis a couple weeks ago. So, uh, like I said, the biggest piece of news out of this week was that the pools were drawn for the 2023 Rugby World Cup uh, on Monday in Paris. So this is what the pools look like. Pool A, we've got New Zealand, France, Italy, America's one, Africa one. Um, pool B, we've got South Africa, Ireland, Scotland, Asia slash Pacific one, and Europe two. In Pool C, we've got Wales, Australia, Fiji, Europe one, and then the final qualifier winner. And then in Pool D, we've got England, Japan, Argentina, Oceania one, and America's two. So USA could occupy America's one in Pool A with New Zealand, host nation France, Italy, and Africa one, or uh, they could occupy America's two in Pool D with England, Japan, Argentina, and Oceania one. Or the final option, uh, they could take the final qualifier spot in Pool C with Wales, Australia, Fiji, and Europe one. So obviously that all depends on how the qualifiers go. Um, Here's a little note from World Rugby as to how the Americas will be decided. So the Americas will qualify two teams by September 2022. Uh, The third best team in the region will enter the final qualification tournament. Um, that's for America's one and two. So that's kind of how those will be decided. Obviously, those tournaments are to be determined and something that, you know, with everything kind of on pause with COVID, um, just kind of waiting and see, we know what the state of the world is and, and then they'll get some matches scheduled. Those tournaments will be in place and then we'll, they'll start determining uh, these pool play stuff. So uh, that's kind of the big piece of news this week. Other than, like I said, other than some player signings, not much going on. Uh, so we'll go ahead and move into the rugby you can watch this weekend. And I, I beefed up last week, everybody. Uh, I said there was no rugby to watch last week, and there was actually quite a bit of rugby to watch. Uh, I wanted to apologize for that. So hand up. That's on me. 
Uh, everyone has a bad day, and I had a bad day last Thursday, I guess. So uh, I didn't mention that the men and women Golden Eagles sevens scrimmages la finished up last weekend, and then I completely left out the Heineken Champions Cup, which also got rolling last weekend. So that's why the Guinness Pro 14 and the Premier Shift is, is off until Christmas. Um, it's actually because they aren't off and they are playing rugby still. So like I said, my bad, hand up. I'll implement some sort of self-imposed punishment, like I'm a big-time college football program, um, and I'll keep everybody posted on what that is moving forward. But the good news is, is that there actually is some rugby you can watch this weekend, so if you're looking uh, for something to watch, I got you covered. So uh, we've got Scarlets versus Toulon tomorrow at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time. Uh, and then we got Wasps versus Mar Montpelier. I never know how to say that word. I'm sorry. Uh, that's tomorrow at 1 p.m. And we've got Line Servers Northampton on Saturday at 6 a.m. We've got La Rochelle and Bath at 8.15 a.m. Uh, we've got Glass Servers Ulster at 8.15 a.m. on Saturday. We've got ASM Claremont versus Munster at 10.30 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, then we got the Bordeaux Bagels versus Dragons at 1 p.m. on Saturday. Hopefully I didn't butcher that too much. We've got Sales Sharks versus Edinburgh at, on Saturday at 1 p.m. And then on Sunday, we've got Harlequins versus Racing 92 at 8.15 a.m. And then Connacht versus Bristol Bears on Sunday to kind of round us off for the weekend. Um, on Like I said, on Sunday at 10.30 a.m. So you can watch all of those matches on Peacock. Um, and that wraps up the breakdown. So make sure you watch some of that rugby lead you into your football Saturday, especially with college football kind of winding down and games getting canceled left and right. Uh, you got some some rugby matches you can watch all day Saturday, uh, some Friday afternoon stuff that you can watch during lunch. Uh, yeah, and then lead into to your NFL Sunday with a couple of rugby matches. So, um, yeah, like I said, that kind of wraps up the breakdown. Hopefully I got everything covered this week. I'm sure I'll realize it on Saturday like I did last week if I if I messed up again. So uh, sorry about that again. And that kind of wraps up the breakdown. So we're going to move into the interview portion of the show. Uh, I didn't mention it at the top of the show, but we have Cameron Marshall on this week. Cameron was one of the players that attended the Rugby Town Crossover Academy back in November. It's crazy to think that's already a month ago. Uh, time is moving fast in this year that never ends. Uh, but Cameron played football at Independence Community College before transferring, transferring to play at NC State in North Carolina. Uh, didn't end up playing at NC State due to some behind-the-scenes stuff, as he put it. But he played some semi-pro football in Michigan. He was attending some some draft combines, and, and Peter Pask found him that way. Uh, if you go listen to the episode I did with Peter Pask a little bit ago, you can kind of hear about his process and how he tracked down some of these players. But uh, Cameron fit the build for the, the type of player that, that Peter is looking for and, uh, you know, this camp was designed for. And I think, you know, Cameron mentions that was in late October. He finds himself on a plane two weeks later, and he's a rugby player now. So he goes into his whole story, so I won't ramble on too much about it because he, he tells it better than I do. Uh, so with that, we'll go ahead and kick it to my conversation with Cameron Marshall of the Rugby Town Crossover Academy. All right, now welcome on to the show, the newest member of the Rugby Town Crossover Academy, Cameron Marshall. Cameron, how's it going, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for doing this such short notice. I really appreciate that. So, Cameron, the first question we ask everybody that comes on the show is the easiest question. It's just, can you tell us a little bit about where you're from? Yeah, uh, I was born in New York, uh, Rochester, New York, and then moved down to Raleigh, North Carolina when I was eight, and I've been here ever since. Very nice. I've never been to North Carolina. What, what am I missing? 
I mean, it kind of depends on what city you're in. So Raleigh is the biggest city, and then we have Charlotte. Um, and then you go a couple hours east, you're at the beach. Very nice. Um, you know, Raleigh's the big college town. Charlotte's a big college town. So um, if you're a partier, I mean, it's cool. <laughs> but if not, then it's just no state. <laughs> right. I hear you. So, Cameron, can you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the sports that you played growing up? I know you're primarily football players, that right? Yeah, that's right. Perfect. Yeah, can you just kind of tell us about some of the sports you played growing up and uh, just a little bit about your football career? Yeah, so I dabbled um, in a lot of sports. So I played baseball growing up. Um, I did a little bit of, you know, street hockey, um, basketball, uh, football, of course. Um, I did a little bit of tennis. Um, and then I just did like a couple of pickup things and a couple of other sports. Um, but those were the sports that I really just uh, spent, you know, more than a couple of days on. Right. You know, as far as football goes, um, you know, I only played one year in high school, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, I played basketball mainly, but I knew that football was my first love, um, what I wanted to do as a career. So um, after high school, I went on to Independence Community College, um, did a year and a half there, um, transferred to NC State. Um, the plan was to play at NC State, but had some um, issues behind the scenes so that didn't really work out mm-hmm. um but you know after nc state i went on to play semi-pro football up in michigan mm-hmm. uh, for a year um then i found myself back here uh doing some combines and stuff like that um and then that of course didn't work out because i found myself at the crossover camp <laughs> that's okay though it sounds like it sounds like it maybe it worked out in the long run we, we just you know, it was a roundabout way of working out, maybe. Um, right. So what position did you play in basketball? Because you played safety when you played football. Is that right? Correct. Cool. Wait, what position did you play in basketball? I played all everywhere. Everywhere? Um, it just depended on what team I was playing for. Yeah. So my, I was my AU coach. And when I played with my dad, I was mainly the one-two guard. Mm-hmm. Um, then in high school, they had me at four-five, which didn't really make sense to me because I'm only six-three. But... Mm-hmm. <laughs> just playing with shorter teams yeah kind of get thick yeah so now that you you have a, a rugby camp under your belt you've got some rugby experience what what did the camp feel more like you were playing did it feel more like football or did it feel more like basketball because i just from looking i played a little rugby myself i never played organized basketball but when i played rugby at all it always seemed like basketball transferred over like the basketball the skills you learn in basketball whether it's moving without the ball and even some of the passing it just it looks very like similar to basketball i thought mm-hmm. yeah i agree um so it was a mix of both so of course football you know with the hidden and um you know filling the gaps and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, but definitely basketball transfers over because uh with the lines and the line integrity that the coach is really big on mm-hmm. uh, you know doing the lateral shuffle just to stay in front of your man um and then on offense just finding the hole um like you said moving without the ball yeah, uh, base because um, in basketball is really big. You don't want to be all bunched up um, in the same spot on the court. So the more space you have, the better the offense works, and it's kind of the same thing in rugby. So just scanning the field, um, just you know finding open space and seeing what I can do with that open space. So it definitely helps that I played um, basketball a lot in my life, and then also football because I think that they both come into one. Right. In rugby. 
Yeah, for sure. I would agree with you. I know I had Trey Smalls on the show a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about a little bit of the same thing. And I think it really hit me. I was down there, obviously, every day watching you guys, but it was one of the, I think it was one of the last days. It, it was like a drill. I think it was like a three-on-one with contact and just watching people pass. It, it just really looked like you. everybody was playing like three-on-three. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, so, Cameron, mm-hmm. can, you, can you tell us a little bit about how you got invited to the crossover camp? Yeah, so uh, funny, I was actually at work when I got the email from uh, Coach Pask. And, um, you know, me never playing rugby before except for, you know, I, I think I played pickup for one day and that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, I think, two years ago. Um, so when I initially saw the email, you know, I didn't think too much of it because, um, you know, I never even really right. thought about rugby being played in the States other than, you know, a couple of club teams. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, I didn't think any much of it, um, but I ended up looking up their website and also talking to a friend who's played rugby, and he said he was familiar with the Raptors. Yeah. Um, so he encouraged me to um, talk to Coach Pass more about it and more in depth. So um, me and him had a talk, and, you know, the rest is history. You know, I got my plane ticket, um, went out there for the week, and, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. Nice. When was that? Was that in October or September? Uh, it was yeah late October. That okay, so pretty quick turnaround then. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Yeah, and so I know you mentioned that you you had played a pickup game once or twice, but is there any, what did you know about rugby kind of going in when you got the invite? Had you watched it before, or was it was all your experience just based off that one pickup game? I think the only thing I knew about rugby was you couldn't pass forward and uh-huh. you hit people. <laughs> that's i mean that's pretty good understanding of the game i feel like for for somebody that, that had never played or like watched it that's that's yeah, pretty was, good first day i was completely lost yeah uh, there was so much to take in but um you know looking back on it now uh i definitely know a lot more and that's thanks to the coaches you know being so patient with everybody um and you know uh the way they taught yeah um, it was just crystal clear right what did, what did you kind of expect when, when you, you know, you buy your ticket, you're on the plane? Like, what, what's kind of the thoughts that are going through your head? Because I can imagine that's, like, pretty intimidating to go fly across the country to – to had you been to Denver before? Uh, no, this is my first time. Yeah, so you're flying across the country to a place you've never been to play, a sport that you never played. What, so what's kind of, like, going through your head when you're on the plane? Um – you know, it was kind of back and forth between a couple of thoughts, you know, um, one side of things, I'm like, you know, it's just another day in the park. Um, other side of things, it's like, you know, I have absolutely no clue what to expect (laughs) um, besides the fact that I know I might be running a lot. Yeah. Um, because the rugby conditioning pairs well with, you know, the soccer conditioning. That's what they told me, you know, football and soccer. So, um, you know, I didn't want to think too much because I didn't want to overwhelm myself. Uh, definitely uh, was back and forth with the, um, you know, just like nothing in the park and, you know, yeah. not necessarily nervous, but a couple butterflies here and there, you know. Yeah. I can imagine that's kind of a weird place to be, though, mentally. That's got to be – I don't know if I could do it, but that's why I'm talking to you about that experience and I didn't do it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so how did the camp stack up to some of these football camps that, that you'd been to in the past? Um, I would say, uh, you know, the rugby camp was more 
Well, of course, it was informative because, you know, the guys there had never had played rugby before. Yeah. Um, except for a few. Um, but I would say it was pretty well. Um, you know, the football camps I've been to, you know, it was just a lot of testing. That's pretty much all it was. You know, mm-hmm. how fast you are, how quick you are in space, um, how well you can get out of your break and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, while that same thing still applied at the rugby camp, um, you know, they just didn't make it a point. You know, they didn't really come out and say, we're going to see how fast you are. But mm-hmm. if they know you're fast, you know, they would commend you on that. Yeah. Um, well, overall, you know, I think um, the rugby, uh, you know, crossover camp was less, I would say, stressful. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's got to be kind of refreshing, about, right? <laughs> right. Uh, because, you know, when you're going into a football combine and then you're uh, for testing, you know, a lot of people don't test well, uh-huh. but you get them on the actual field is a totally different story. Right. Versus us coming to uh, the rugby camp, all of us are on the same playing field, all of us are starting to square one. So um, I didn't have to worry about I got to look this good or I got to look this way because, I mean, everybody's probably going to look the same way at the end of the day. Right. Um, so it was comforting to know that I really didn't have a lot to worry about. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, I still had to worry about performing and using my athleticism, my advantage. Right. So, uh, I guess with that, is it safe to say you enjoyed the camp? I did. Um, I really did. What, what uh, about it? What about the camp? Did you like, um, you know, the people, honestly, um, the players who were invited, um, mm-hmm. you know, I just enjoyed playing with every single one of them. Um, you know, I, I was telling people back home once I got home that uh, there's always one guy at a trout or a camp where I look at and I'm like, you know, I really don't want to play with <laughs> Right. Um, but I don't think there was one guy at the camp where I looked at him and said that, you know, I looked at all the guys there and I said, you know, I enjoy – all these guys, um, I enjoy the camaraderie in such a short week. Yeah. Um, I would enjoy playing with every single one of these guys. Um, and, of course, when you are around great people, whatever you're doing is that much better. Right. Um, and then just the game itself, just learning a new game itself. Um, you know, it's, of course, there was a little bit of learning learning curve. Yeah. Um, but, you know, once I got the ins and outs of the game, um, I can truly say that, yeah, I enjoy rugby now. I couldn't say that before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and then me back home now, just kind of diving in, uh, learning all the ins and outs, the fine friends of the, of the game and stuff like that. So I'm, you know, progressively getting more and more excited as the time comes for me to go out for my first practice. Um, and, you know, I can't wait. That's awesome. I don't know, just kind of from my perspective, I can kind of echo some of the stuff that, that you said, but just watching, uh, you know, I was down there taking pictures and uh, doing my best to just kind of take it all in because this, I'm sure Peter Pask and most of the people you've talked to, like this is seriously something that hasn't really been done in rugby before, especially here in America. So um, it's pretty cool to see. And I was just surprised that honestly, like how fast, everybody picked it up because it's like you were saying everybody except i think four people came here with with no rugby experience and um by the end of that week it, it looked great it, it just looked awesome and um I, I think one of the other things i noticed is just like how fast everybody played like 
there was mistakes, of course. That's that's bound to happen when you're learning a, a new game, and especially something like rugby. That's that's pretty foreign to people. But everything was just so fast, and I feel like that's what they preach at every level of every sport is like if you're gonna make a mistake, just do it at full speed. And this was kind of the first time I had like seen that in person. I feel like people talk about it a lot, but I'd never seen that before until I watched all you guys go out and learn this. But you know, whether it just be like passing the ball or the, or these contact drills, like it was happening at full speed, and it was just kind of it's cool to see like what this could become, and you know how good of rugby players like everybody on the field could become. So that that was kind of cool for me to see. Um, it's cool to hear you say that because I feel like it's it's kind of aligned there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. for sure. And I know you said you like rugby now. So you, you've caught the bug. Um, do you remember like a, a specific point in the week that, that it kind of hit you, that, that it kind of clicked in your brain and you were like, man, this is fun. I like this. This is something I want to keep doing. Uh, so funny enough, that actually didn't happen during the week. Really? Uh, <laughs> That's no, interesting. I, <laughs> I noticed that, you know, it was fun. Uh-huh. Uh, like I had a good time, but, you know, I didn't really notice it was fun, fun until I got back home and I started working out with people who knew the game of rugby. Yeah. And then um, I think it really was just like, I think last week or two weeks ago where I really sat down and told myself like, man, this is really fun. (laughs) Um, And I mean, even when, um, you know, coach Bullock sat me down in the office after uh, the camp and he offered me the contract. Yeah. um, I didn't mean, I still think about it to this day. I don't think my response was all hip, hip, hooray to yeah. them, which was, I mean, unintentional. Right. Um, but it was just the fact that I was still kind of like, well, I still don't know the sport. Right. So it's hard to get excited about something when you like don't know what you're doing, you know? For sure. Um, but yeah, like I said, coming back home, um, learning more of it. Now, if he would have said the same thing to me today, I would have been jumping for joy. Right. Um, just because I understand it more and now I can generally say I have fun playing rugby. Right. Cameron, I found that hard to believe that you weren't, you weren't so happy because I watched your vlogs, man. You look pretty happy. Like when you're walking out of the building on that last video. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I saw that. You, you seem pretty happy. But... Yeah. It was, it was kind of hard to show initially. Right. Uh, but yeah, but I was smiling. Um, yeah. You got me on that one. <laughs> No, no, I get what you're saying, though. I, I mean, I still get the points that you're making. But I did want to ask you a couple questions about the, the vlog. I thought that was a good idea. Um, that's something that, I mean, I know when I travel, I, I try to, like, take notes of, of stuff, especially if it's places I've never been before. Like, just make notes of stuff that I did so that I can look back and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. That was fun. Or, you know, it helps me pair up, like, with pictures I took if my, you know, I may not remember it in the moment or something like that. So uh, how how'd you get that idea to do that? Um, so I had a lot of people back home who I knew were going to be curious about the week. Um, you know, like you said, flying halfway across the country, doing something I've never done before. Um, I knew when I was, when I came back, I was going to have, you know, a bunch of questions. I'm going to be bombarded with questions. (laughs) You could just um, refer them to the YouTube channel. I like that. Right. So (laughs) that was the sole purpose. You know, I didn't want to. You know, my plan wasn't to market these videos. It was just to send them to friends and family. Just yeah. to say, like, hey, I made this video. You know, keep up with me through YouTube and let that be that. Yeah. I mean, that's a good way to remember it, though, because, I mean, you can go back and, and look at it. Um, 
but no, I thought that, I thought that was a good idea, something unique. So I don't think anybody else did that while they were here. So that was kind of cool to see. Um, so Kimber, what do the next few weeks look like for you? Like how I know you you mentioned you've signed, so you're coming back. Um, what what are you kind of doing to train right now? And then when are you planning on heading back here to to Denver? Yeah. So uh, the main thing I'm doing is conditioning. Yeah. Um, because that's going to kick my butt. I already know it. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of weight training, um, a lot of conditioning. Also, um, I do, I try to do scrimmages now once a week with um, a couple of my rugby guys. Yeah, just perfect. To get feel, um, what a rugby match would look like, Yeah. Uh, you know, at full speed. Um, so just getting familiar with that. I'm also watching a lot of film um, to continue to uh, grow my knowledge of rugby. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, when I got back from Denver, um, I caught COVID. Oh, no. So for, you know, 10, 14 days, I was stuck in my room. So I, you know, I kind of set myself back in that instance. Yeah. And I lost 10 pounds. Um, so trying to get that weight back um, is going to be a little bit of a struggle. But, yeah, you know, I'm going there, headed there. So you feeling uh, better? Yeah, definitely. That's yeah. good. Um. So, you know, I work at a gym, thankfully, so yeah. I don't have to go far to work out. That's, that makes um, it easy. Yeah. yeah. So definitely just a lot of weight training, um, a lot of conditioning, a lot of film. So that's going to be my next couple of weeks. And then I'll be back January 8th. Um, so I'll spend my first weekend um, in Denver. Then that first practice will be the 11th. Perfect. That sounds awesome, man. Uh, uh, I know I'm looking forward to, to seeing you all back out on the field, and um, I hope everybody's as excited as you are. So I'm glad that, that you're recovered from COVID. That's some scary stuff. Um, but that's all the questions I had for you, Cam. So thank you so much for, for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me. All right, I hope everybody enjoyed that conversation with Cameron Marshall of the Rugby Tongue Crossover Academy. Thank you again to Cameron for taking the time to come chat with me. Uh, Cameron did this on super short notice as well, so I really appreciate that. Um, and I say it every week, the guests make the show. So thank you for thank you again to Cameron. I, I appreciated everything, and, and I thought he had a good story to tell, and I'm looking forward to watching him come play some more rugby here in a few weeks. That'll be fun to see. So uh, that kind of wraps up the interview portion of the show, so we'll go ahead and jump into the required reading. And, yes, I do have some required reading this week. Uh, this was another thing I probably should have mentioned last week, but I didn't get around to reading it in time, you know, by the time I had the show put together and put out and all that stuff. So the required reading this week is entitled Leadership Guide posts from the CEO of the New England Free Jacks rugby team, and that's in Forbes. That's written by Ann Sugar, and it focuses on Alex Magleby. Uh, pretty interesting read. It's pretty short, so I think it took me five minutes to read this piece, but it's cool to see rugby get some shine in Forbes. There's a lot of good advice in that article from a successful person like Alex, so uh, cool read, short read, a nice and easy one. Um, I would recommend checking that out, and as always, I'll link that story um, into the article that houses this podcast on the dnvr.com. Uh, you got a limited amount of time, like clicks on Forbes. You can only read four stories a month or something like that, I think. So uh, I would recommend burning one of those clicks on this piece. And with that, that kind of wraps up required reading. So we'll go ahead and jump into the loop. Uh, pretty t quiet times ahead. I don't anticipate too much changing. Um, like I mentioned at the top of the show, it's just getting close to Christmas and, and the holidays and New Year's. So things move kind of slow in, in every industry everywhere. So I would assume more stuff will start happening. There'll be more stuff to talk about in January when MLR teams start reporting and some of the players begin to show up in Glendale for the crossover team. 
Um, you, I know if you listen to Cameron talk about it in the interview today, uh, that he's reporting on the eighth. I know a couple of guys are already here, so that's cool to see. I, I saw some of them around earlier this week, so I'll be doing my best to, to bring you all that information as it kind of happens. Um, next week's show, and I guess a little programming note transitioning to that next week's show will come out on Wednesday since we are bumping up against Christmas. Um, just be sure to follow us along on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby and at Colton Strickler. Be posting the, the same kind of stuff, keeping everybody in the loop. Um, I've got some ideas cooking up for next year, so make sure you're following along with all that. Check out all the content at the DNVR.com um, across all, all the Denver sports. Uh, but that's where we're pushing all the rugby stuff as well. So that's the show, everybody. I know it was a little shorter than usual, but when there isn't a ton going on, that's kind of what happens. So thank you to everybody for listening. I hope you all had a great week. Hope you all have a great weekend, and I'll catch everyone back here next week.